0: Well, for the last four, five Sundays, I've been talking about unsung heroes from the Bible. I talked about Mordecai from the book of Esther, who encouraged Esther to have courage and to risk her life. I talked about Jael from the book of Judges, who drove the tent peg into the military leader's head, and suddenly no one wants to go camping with me anymore. And I talked about Nympha from uh, Paul's letter to the church in Colossians that he greets uh, in her house church. And last Sunday was Rahab, a Canaanite woman with a past who God used in a pretty amazing way. And now today's unsung hero is a man by the name of Simon of Cyrene from the Gospel of Mark is where I'm going to read today in Mark chapter 15. And this passage will likely be familiar to you because it is part of the passion story, uh, the story of Good Friday. So I invite you to read along with me as we listen to God's word today. Then the soldiers led him into the courtyard of the palace, that is the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole cohort, and they clothed him in purple cloak, and after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on him. And they began saluting him, Hail, King of the Jews! They struck his head with a reed, spat upon him, knelt down in homage to him. After mocking him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes back on him, and they led him out to crucify him. They compelled a passerby who was coming in from the country to carry his cross. It was Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. And then they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him, divided his clothes among them, casting lots to decide which each should take. Now compared to all the other unsung heroes I have talked about, Simon of Cyrene, Perhaps you're wondering what he did that is so heroic, since the one thing he is known for, he had no choice in the matter, probably in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? It happened on a Friday during the holy city of Jerusalem's celebration of the Passover, likely there to celebrate the day when he was caught in the midst of this frightful scene unfolding before him in the city streets, a man was about to be put to death by crucifixion, when Simon was compelled by a Roman soldier to help him carry his cross. Now, when a Roman soldier asked you to do something, you did it. There was no choice in the matter. There's no Bill of Rights, no Miranda rights, no phoning a friend, no calling a lawyer. They had all the power and all the control you did what they asked you to do or else. And a Roman soldier makes Simon carry the cross. This was a common part of life and as an occupied people. In fact, I thought of this week in Matthew chapter 5, uh, in Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. In this powerful teaching, he seems to be referring to this very type of situation when Jesus tells them if someone hits you on the cheek, he says, turn the other cheek to hit as well. Not as, not as, we come to think of turn the other cheek as ignoring something, but it wasn't ignoring, it was protest. Give them the other cheek to hit too. If someone says they want your shirt, give them your coat as well. And he says, if a soldier asks you to carry his bag one mile carry it 2 miles. Rome had all the power, all the control, keeping people that were occupied under their Roman empire in place in line. And this moment, Jesus is trying to tell them, you can take back a little of that power. You can take back a little of that control. If you're forced to carry a bag for one mile, carry it two miles, just to show them that they don't completely own you. It's a way of protest. It's a way of taking some of your power back. Simon of Cyrene was compelled to carry the cross for Jesus. They made him do it. And in those final moments of Jesus' life on earth, Before the crucifixion, there's no one closer to Jesus than Simon was. He was there for it all. He witnessed it all. And we should remember at this point on Friday that Jesus has been likely up the entire night because he has been betrayed, he's been arrested, they had the so-called trial, he's been beaten, mocked, humiliated, They've released a criminal over him, and all through the night, this has gone on. And now it is Friday morning, and he is supposed to carry the cross to his place of death. And he is likely struggling under the weight of this burden after being beaten and hurt. And there, in the middle of the streets, he falls. Now, you can't have your prisoner dying before an opportunity for justice has been played out. So Simon is made to carry the cross. Now, Rome loved crucifixion because it was a slow, painful death, but it was very, very public. When someone died through crucifixion, It was like their body was a billboard, a sign that said, this could be you. You could be next. King of the Jews, they mocked him. The crown of thorns, the purple cloak, a sign above his head. It was a cruel, cruel joke, but they were letting anybody know this could be you. This is what we do, Jews, to your king. Mark, Matthew, Luke, they all mention that Simon was there and that he carried the cross. Matthew says he was compelled. Luke says he was seized. He was likely a faithful Jew there for Passover, far from home in Cyrene. Cyrene is a town in present day Libya, northern Africa. He had traveled a great distance to have the honor of being in the holy city at Passover. And we know that Cyrene did have a large Jewish population when he was compelled to carry a cross. Now, can you be a hero for something you had no choice in? I was remembering that lesson from the Sermon on the Mount. If a soldier asks you to carry his bag for one mile, carry it for two. Simon was certainly compelled to carry a heavy load. But how, how you bear it, how you carry it, that's up to you. Now we don't get a choice in the burdens we have to carry in our life. No one gives us a choice on the crosses we will carry and face, do we? Years ago, when I was in Jerusalem, I was about to travel the Via Dolorosa, the historic road of the path that Jesus took carrying the cross to his crucifixion. And I remember uh, the archeologist that was with us was giving a lecture of some sort and I wasn't paying attention to that because I was so fascinated by this business, this little side hustle business that was happening on the streets of Jerusalem right in front of me. Somebody had a rent across business and it was uh, crossed about six foot high, very thin wood, they were all painted and and sealed so you didn't get splinters in your hands. And even though um, they weren't very heavy, I'm sure they were a pain to carry through the streets, but they are there for their faithful pilgrims who want to, as a symbol of their faith, carry that cross on the same path that Jesus did. And I remember staring at that rent-a-cross business, those pretend crosses, and I think about that now, and I think that's the one, that's the cross I'd like to carry, the light one, the pretend one, the one you can give back after a couple of hours when your back starts to hurt. That's, that's the kind of cross that seems fitting. But we don't, we don't get a choice over the crosses we carry in our lives. You know this. If I tried to tell you otherwise today, you would know I was selling you a bill of goods. We don't get a pass. Not a one of us. Heartache, pain, grief, suffering, loss. We don't get a pass from hard days and hard times. But we do get to decide how we will face it. How we will carry the load. And that's what I think Jesus was trying to teach The people on the Sermon of the Mount who were listening that day. How to take some control. How to take some power and how you face this hard thing. It's why I think people have been fascinated by Simon of Cyrene. This man who's only mentioned like a little blip in this whole big powerful story. Because we all face things in life that are beyond our control. And not our fault. And how we face them. How we choose to face them matters. Will we let the experience make us grow more bitter and angry? Will we let it steal our joy? Or will we choose to grow in spite of the experience? To somehow find a way to love bigger? To grow more fully into the person Jesus is calling us to be? You know, like walking two miles when we're only asked to walk one. You know, I remember someone I knew many years ago who faced a really challenging, horrendous life moment um, in her 50s. It was a very public betrayal and lies, and she was rightfully very, very angry from the experience. And I remember about a year after this had all happened in her life, that she uh, came to me and told me that she, she felt like God was starting to answer a prayer she'd had from the very beginning because she said, I have been so angry, so furious, and I have been praying for God to help me not be consumed by it. And she said, I finally feel like I am learning how to look forward and not let the anger consume my past. We don't know exactly how Simon of Cyrene carried that cross that he was compelled to carry. None of the Gospels tell us any more except by all accounts he seemed to carry it faithfully until he got to the hill of Golgotha. But the scripture does hint that he was most certainly changed by this experience. The hint comes from a very small detail. You may have even missed it as you were listening. It says it was Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. The father of Alexander and Rufus. Mark mentions him through his sons. And of course, he's writing this gospel to the church. He's writing these words to the early Christian community. And so, if he names Alexander and Rufus, it certainly assumes that he thinks the church knows Alexander and Rufus. In fact, in Paul's letter to the church in Rome, there is a Rufus name. Paul writes in chapter 16, 13, Greet Rufus, eminent in the Lord, also his mother and mine. Now, if Simon had carried that cross as far as he could and then slipped back into the crowd away, never heard from again, I don't think his name would be mentioned. But the fact that they mention Alexander and Rufus, it tells me that they know their story. They know their family. I think Simon was changed by that day in Jerusalem. Wrong time, wrong place, compelled to carry a cross that he had no choice in. And I think it changed the course of his life. On that same road in Jerusalem, on the Via della Rosa, the fifth stop of the Stations of the Cross tradition, there is a little chapel that dates to the 1200s. It's known as the Simon of Cyrene Chapel, and above the entrance of the door, etched in stone in Latin, it says, Simon the Cyrene, cross-bearer, cross-bearer. It was a Friday morning on a busy day in Jerusalem, wrong place, wrong time, But Simon's life, his family's life, was forever changed by his experience of watching Jesus lay down his life so willingly. He was forever changed by what he witnessed on that cross. And our lives, our lives can be changed too. And I don't know the burdens that you carry. I don't know how long you've had to carry them or how, how, how hard the load is to bear. But I hope, I hope you remember Simon's story and here in his glimpse, an invitation for all of us to decide how we will carry the burdens we have to carry. We decide how we will carry them. And I hope you know that you do not walk this road alone because of that moment on Friday. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thanks be to God. Amen.